Hi everybody, now I would like to bring out my second podcast and to tell you a little bit about my last week. So first let me introduce myself. I'm Hannes, I'm from Germany and right now I'm in Africa. To be more precise, I'm in Ethiopia in East Africa. And yeah, I want to talk about my experience here. So in this podcast I will talk about a delegation which visited us from the country Baden-Württemberg. So that's a federal state in Germany. There were some politicians and some industry partners and we visited a couple of companies. Also, I want to talk about a wish I have at the end about life in general, because I think sometimes we can make more out of it. So let me start. Ethiopia is um, in East Africa. And East Africa is actually the fastest growing region within Africa for the last five years. And Ethiopia is the fastest growing country within that region. So it's very interesting for investors and politicians to come here to see for opportunities. So we had a delegation and with this delegation we visited four companies and I want to talk about these companies. So first we visited a textile company. This company was producing for H&M and other resellers. So it was a super big building. 2,000 people were working there. And the building was on a compound with many other buildings. So this is basically industrial compound where many factories are and the advantages of the textile industry are that they can export to the to Europe and to the US without taxation which they normally need to pay for other things and the wage is one of the lowest in the world in Ethiopia and also the electricity is very low the price for electricity so with this advantages it's very interesting for investors to invest in Ethiopia to produce clothing and in this factory they were producing baby clothes which they told us is um, very good because it doesn't change so much but other clothes for for adults changes much faster but they're also, also producing that. In the factory itself 2,000 people work per shift, but in total 5,000 or 5,600. Yeah, standing in this factory, I kind of had a really unjust feeling, like how unjust our world is, because if we look at the world as if it is one big society, it really depends in which region you were born, in terms of which job opportunities you have, how much you have the mobility to make a career to higher positions. And I felt like, yeah, we, these people who are visiting this factory, are actually wearing the clothes they produce in this or in other factories alike. So, yeah, I really felt like, wow, this this is how our world is working. We have regions where they don't have so many opportunities 
and then we have other regions where the opportunities are very high and because basically wealth is distributed in such a way it's only possible to consume in more wealthy regions the clothes they produce in factories like this one so yeah this was a hard feeling on the other hand ethiopia is on the best way actually to reach the sustainable development goals that means to escape poverty and to um, have the economy developing on a sustainable level so yeah that was a really interesting visit and we also really quickly came to the question okay how much do they actually earn and they earn between 50 and 100 euros per month while 50 is more normal and 100 is the best position you can have in this factory also in this factory at least that's what they told us 90% of the workers are women and only 10% men the next factory which we visited was a lift producer they are actually the only lift producer in Africa um, all the other lifts they're imported from foreign companies And this is the only African company producing in Ethiopia already th since 30 years. The manager told us that the market is actually quite big and he also plans to expand to other East African countries. Yeah, this was also very interesting to see because this company already existed for 30 years and he really had high standards and values to create jobs and opportunities for the next generation. The next day, we visited two automotive companies, one Chinese one and one Indian one. So the Chinese company, they imported basically all the parts of the cars and assembled them there. And that was very interesting to see. And I think the reason why they are doing it is to first save import tax because it's cheaper to import the individual parts and assemble them than to import the entire car and pay import tax on the car. And then also the labor costs which they can save in assembling the car. And then we visited an Indian company, a very well-organized company. They produce tuk-tuks. And so these are the small cars with a very small engine. You see them, maybe you have these images from tuk-tuks in India or other countries. So here you don't see them so much in the capital. I actually think like they are not allowed or only a specific type of them or something. But outside the capital, you really see them a lot um, because they are smaller. They are also, uh, therefore, they are also better for not so good roads. And they are, of course, much cheaper than a car. So I think they sell them one tuk-tuk for $5,000, if I'm not mistaken. And the smallest Toyota you can maybe buy for $10,000. Please, if anybody is listening, <laughs> correct correct these numbers if they're not correct but cars are actually so expensive because of the high tax so for example the tuk-tuk is already in this price the tax is already one third or more than one third and for a more advanced car with a bigger engine the tax is even higher so that makes the cars very expensive so and the the person who was showing us around he also told us in total, they are paying um, 36% tax on these cars. So that's import tax, VAT, and everything included. But this 
Tax also depends on the engine. So the tax for the tuk-tuk is very small. But for example, if you want to buy a Mercedes or an, another car with a big engine, then the tax rises up to more than 200%. So that's why it's really high and costly to import cars here. So I think Ethiopia is doing this to protect its economy because every car which is imported needs foreign currencies, basically, and there's a shortage of foreign currencies. And you, they want to use them for, for other things which have a higher priority. And also, there are already quite many cars in Addis, and often there is some traffic jam. And imagine if the taxes would be lower, that would mean there are way more cars. So I, I wouldn't know how the city would manage with, with that. So yes, this Indian company um, had also other companies, one real estate company and one coffee company. Although the coffee company has to be 100% in the hands of Ethiopians. So foreign investors, they're not allowed to invest in some specific business areas such as coffee, fintech, banking, also the... A mobile service like the telecom communication is government owned. But because this Indian company, they had like, were, were working together with the locals and the locals had this coffee company, they had access to foreign currencies, which basically solved a big issue. So they could, because normally there's a shortage of foreign currencies, which makes it difficult to import certain things. So with the foreign currencies, it works like this. At least that's what I heard. If you are an export business, so exporting from Ethiopia, you get foreign currencies. You're allowed to hold them 28 days. And then the rest after that will get converted into burr. 30% of your foreign, cur foreign currencies you're allowed to save. If you don't have foreign currencies, but you have burr, then you can also convert them to foreign currencies, but you have to ask the central bank to convert them for you. As the central bank basically has priorities where the foreign currencies get distributed, it can take very long sometimes to get foreign currencies exchanged. So for export businesses, it's okay exporting from Ethiopia, but for businesses who want to import things to Ethiopia, that's more difficult because they are always needing foreign currencies And if they don't generate them themselves, they rely on the central bank. So yes, in a nutshell, Ethiopia is a very good country to invest because they have also these special economic zones where investors get many advantages, like very cheap electricity and sometimes For the textile industry, for example, they don't have to pay taxes to export because Ethiopia has some special agreements with the US and the EU. But for startups, Ethiopia is not so interesting for foreign investors at the time, I would say, because the investment investors need to make is at least 150,000 US dollars. And this is a little bit too high. This is basically not what startups need in the beginning. In the beginning, they need a much smaller investment and then only at later stages 
when it's possible to see if the startup is is successful, it makes sense to invest bigger amounts like that. Yes, that's already pretty much it from my side. But before I end the podcast, I want to make a wish. So as you might have realized, I was late with this podcast. I was procrastinating a lot. So I thought like to myself, why don't we do the things we want uh, first? And my wish is actually that we focus more on the things we really want to do in our life. For example, myself in the morning when I wake up, one of the first things I do is watch my phone, check my phone. But is it really the thing I want to do in my life? For me, the answer is no. I have other things I want to do in my life. So, for example, writing in my journal, writing a blog, doing a podcast, something like that. Maybe for other people, it's writing a poetry, art or something else. So why don't we do these things in the morning? If we have 20 minutes in the morning and we can do these things, how much nicer would our day be? So once I read a book, The Power of Habit. No, actually, I listened to it as an audiobook. And in this book, there is some advice to how we can change our habits. So they're basically saying a habit is made out of three elements, a cue, a routine, and a reward. So for example, when I wake up in the morning, maybe I wake up because I have the alarm and the alarm is in my phone. So that's the cue to also look on my phone. Then there's the routine. I go to on my phone and almost automatically I do stuff on my phone. And then the reward, some feel-good chemicals are produced in my brain and I feel good. To change something like that, we should not change the cue and also not the um, reward. So that means, for example, if we look in the morning on our phone, um, we don't. We are not just disciplined and say, no, now I don't look at my phone and I do nothing. It means we are aware, okay, now I'm in a habit loop somehow and my brain really wants to fulfill this loop. So I need to find other activities, some other routine which I can fill in this loop to change it, basically. So that means in the morning, for example, when I wake up, then I do some sports or I write my blog or something like that. That's a diff completely different activity, but because I like it, it also produces these feel-good chemicals in my brain and I'm able to replace the old habit with a new one. So that's what I just wish that we think about what we really want to do and what habits are preventing to do the things we really want to do. And let's replace them with some new ones. Yeah, that's already it from my side. I would love to hear from you guys if you have feedback for me or questions or any other input. Let me know and have a great week. Ciao, ciao.